0: Welcome to the Healist podcast, where we inspire and guide healers through business expansion. We give voice to incredibly abundant healers to share their stories. We dive into the quantum field to unlock the energies of conscious creation. We also develop digital tools to help you grow, which you can find on Healist.com. I'm your host, Yuli, and I'm grateful you chose to join this space. Now, let's go deep. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Healers podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Jessica Ruth Shepard. She's a holistic health coach based in New York, who's practiced for more than 25 years, who work with anyone from prisoners to celebrities. She defines herself as the best box of matches you've ever had. And she loves setting spark in her clients. She's a fellow Dr. Joe Dispenza advanced student. And we actually met on a group walking meditation hike and had an instant connection. And today we'll be exploring a very deep topic of finding your worth as a healer. And as you know, I love to set intention for each episode. And my intention is to help you solidify what shapes your self-worth as a healer and how does that impact your business. With that said, please welcome Jessica.
1: Hey, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me, Yuli. It's a real pleasure. I just have so much fun getting to connect with you in this way. It's really special. So thanks for having me. I think that in terms of my intention, I really, really... Would like to help other healers, practitioners, wellness people in the wellness world who are of in the in the giving, being of service industry. I guess you could call it is how to feel a lot more at ease around their value and self worth, and that what they have to offer is enough. I tend to work with in my practice as a holistic health coach and counselor. I work with, and also I've been working as a, a bodywork practitioner as well for a long time a lot of high achieving creative people who feel shut down in their in, in their body in uh, mind spirit in some way or another and needing support and guidance to live a lot more vibrantly passionately and more connected and the and when i say high achieving that can mean lots of things it's sort of up to the individual to dec- decide what that means to them but i really do see that that's a common theme with a lot of people that i work with there's a couple categories of my clientele. I guess one would be like recovering type A in a way, and then other people who are really in the creative arts and they're connecting that with their wellness, to put it very shortly.
0: Nice. I feel like I, I fall into both categories. So, yeah.
1: No, <laughs> so over here.
0: yeah. This is also going to be a very self serving session.
1: Good. <laughs> it usually is.
0: Thank you again. And I think. I would love to explore this fascinating subject of uh, worth and and self-worth because I know from talking to so many different healers, the subject always comes up when people feel like the healing practice is something, it's a gift, it's something that their purpose, that they came to this world to do is a service. And so many people have a really hard time transforming it into a thriving business it's a uh, one thing and two even charging for their services because they feel like it's their obligation to provide a service you know for free to people uh, because they have their this gift and and I think it's an important piece that a lot of healers kind of at some point, you you step on your path and you realize this is what I want to do as this is what I want to do for a living. So how do you work with that piece? And I know you work with that personally, You work with clients a lot on that piece. I would love to dive deep into that subject.
1: There's so much to say about that subject and also about the way in which it's on a continuum over time, like where you might be in the beginning of figuring that out versus where one might be 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years into doing it. And I don't think it ever completely vanishes, except that it just changes form as as I've evolved and changed and grown and realized what it means to continue to work in a profession ongoing. A lot of practitioners, there's like an average that the lifespan of many who go into the healing arts, they this is a real statistic that they last as a business person doing it for like, I think it was something like four years. And they something happens. They either burn out, give up, or they just don't have the right support or direction or guidance. And my one of my biggest beliefs is that we cannot do this alone. We actually really need the support and guidance of others to help hold hand, our, our hands. To, and I've had, I've probably invested more in that than almost anything else other than my own healing and my own travels and things like that. But just getting the right kind of support to help me really see that. And, and I think we all need to have people that are our mentors and our coaches and healers that we go to and to heal our own wounding anyway. So I think that that's the first thing is if you're a practitioner, like getting your own, having support and guidance is like really essential. One thing that has helped me off and on through the years and, and some clients I'm working with even currently is to stop making it about ourselves, to give to be of service, yes, I would love to. And I have had clients that I've done pro bono for free, for gifting, for extra sessions, for extra this, for, lots and lots of giving, giving, giving without anything in exchange. Tons. In fact, there's even a great book that I love from over the years that I read called um by a woman named Barbara Stanley called Overcoming Underearning. And it's a really, it's it's one of the best books ever. So I highly recommend that. But and her whole body of work is great, but so I've worked with her and I love her. So anyway, but just to see that I was speaking to the client earlier about the way in which that we have to sort of remove ourselves from it and see that it's not like we're, we're giving a service. We're not giving ourselves. It's like coming through us. So you can like put yourself to the side a little bit and see that it's, and also even though it's a calling and it's it's just, I have no, I can't not do what I'm doing. It's I have to do what I'm doing. It's a calling in a very deep, profound way. It has been forever. Still people who, I don't know, you could pick any other job or profession and they don't necessarily struggle with the same issues in the same kind of way as healers do in terms of, what it means to give and to be compensated for what you're giving and to put a price tag on it is such a, it moves around. It's like a floating orb trying to nail down that. And, and, and I've also experimented over the years and I've encouraged clients to experiment. And some of them have had just as much, they've become just as nervous to charge $25 as they've been to charge 3000 or something like they, they just still get nervous. Around the issue of asking for anything in exchange for what they give. It's so, it's not even necessarily always about the amount. Sometimes it can just be that they have fear around stepping into their value of any kind.
0: Why do you think it happens to healers specifically so much?
1: With healing, there's like a nurturing component. And if you're naturally nurturing and giving and loving and caring, and then it just feels natural to do it and that's it like that's it there's no what that doesn't go beyond that how how would i price that that's so weird it's just what i do it's just what i do and i've had coaches whoever say to me like yeah and that's what you do like that is your gift to the world and how great you can be compensated for it but again no people don't question being compensated to sell a house or being compensated to it it's their time time has value all. So, but there's a lot of other, again, professions where it's borderline, you know, you're, you're nurturing and caring, but there's something about that, that thing of holding, loving, caring space and guidance for someone that just feels like it's what you're supposed to just do. We should all be able to just have it. And yet we only have a certain amount of time in the day to be able to do that. So, And if we're gifted, we're gifted. Like there, there isn't room to do the other kinds of work and get paid for those other things necessarily. We have to do our craft.
0: I think. I mean, I think you nailed it with the nurturing feeling. I think it's also sometimes it's hard for people to pinpoint the exact value they're giving and therefore how to price it. Because a lot of the work that healers do is really hard to define in our three-dimensional reality terms, right? How do you price energy work, (laughs) right? Or how do you price some of the ancient traditions, that people either inherited as part of their lineage or, you know, received in any other way. How do you put a price tag on thousands of years of knowledge and experience that you're bringing to the table?
1: I'm going to dovetail on that because it reminds me of something that I've said over the years many times, which is that it's made up. First of all, it's made up. Numbers and pricing things is made up. People in the art world will say the same thing. You, If there's a market, yes. And you have to study what your market is. And it's also made up. Like we make up numbers all the time. Everyone does. You make it up, really, you make up numbers. And there are, again, market value, what your peers are doing, whatever, whatever. And there are people that, again, when I've charged whatever I have for, say, a program or a session, they, they'll, they'll get into a whole headspace in the beginning and then later won't even remember what they spent on it anyway because their transformation outweighs whatever number they would have put on it anyway. But the other thing, there's a great story about about, and I've experienced that too by the way. I've spent tremendous amounts on on healers and coaching, whatever. And later on I go, God, thank God I spent all that on because th- the results are far beyond any number I could have ever made up, ever, ever, ever. That's priceless, the things I have gained from investing in those things. Priceless. There's no price tag I could have ever I would have spent quadruple the amount if I know, you know that that's that's the result that results we get. So we pay hopefully for results and an experience. But there's this, there's an old story about Picasso. These stories, but Picasso is like on the streets making a painting, and some a woman comes up and says, "I'd love to buy that. How much is it?" And he says, "I don't know. I'm, I'm making this A million dollars." And she goes, "Oh my god, a million dollars!" And and then he said, "Yeah, a million dollars and thirty years." So it's like what he means is like those are the years of investment of experience and training and blood, sweat and tears he's put into just creating his art. And I feel the same way for people who are healers, practitioners. I mean, even if, if you're young and you're just getting started, I understand that it may not feel that way. But people who have been doing it like I have for longer, it's not just what I'm showing up with now. It's like years of turning and studying and learning and my own healing and my own screwing up and my own like so it's a lot goes into that time and that's part of what gets the put the price tag but I love that story Picasso it always reminds you of like all the years of that someone has trained and learned and studied and sacrificed and compromised or whatever and healed on their own
0: and how have you overcome this struggle
1: I think it's on a continuum there's like new levels to reach at different points. I think something, there's something about trust and a confidence over time. And then also witnessing my clients and witnessing their results and witnessing them seeing and saying, I would have paid anything for This This is like, thank God I'm over here now. I was over here and we together through our process. Now we're over here and let's keep going. And they just got so much out of the work that they weren't caught up. They didn't, they didn't care at the end, at the end of the day, they didn't care about how much they spent and they made it back 10 times over, or they, it helped them, it helped them to heal their own wounding around making a living or that helped them to heal things around their own body, mind, spirit that were in such delay for so long. And they finally found, they finally found a better path for it through our work together or something like that. So that I just, for me to witness that over and over, it's like helped me probably gain much more confidence and also i really value my time and my training and my skills and what i've learned and how much i've invested and how much i've committed my life to as a healer and a practitioner and to learning endlessly
0: so let's talk about developing your skills so you're a multimodality healer right and i was just looking at the list of all the education and certifications that you received which is incredible so what drives you to pursue new knowledge, new techniques?
1: Well, I love learning from my, from myself so I can experiment. I like, to, I, I like being kind of like a mad scientist in the kitchen, so to speak. I like trying out all kinds of stuff with myself, practicing things, and seeing what they're like. So the way to do that is to put myself into a learning environment where I can practice. And I see where we usually teach what we need to learn too, so that I always share whatever it is I'm learning and whatever it is I've Gained insight from or my own transformational experiences, I share them with my clients. And so I see where the gaps might be with my offerings. And I see where there is more I could learn around XYZ so that my clients who I'm working with can benefit from. And so I, I mean, God, there's so, sometimes I get it can be very overwhelming that the different kinds of things I could study. And so that's when I go. That's usually when I actually have to tell myself to stop and just enjoy and deepen what I've already been learning instead of take on more, more, more. And I don't think more is always better with with training. I think more depth into what you're already learning about is actually can be more helpful.
0: And there's so many different healing modalities right out there. There's hundreds upon hundreds. How do you choose which one to study, which one to practice. Is there something that you were drawn on specifically, something that happened in your life that led you to a specific practice?
1: Yes. Every time I have chosen to study something, it has come from a very organic experience in the moment, synchronistic real life, real time, something happening where it was presented at the exact right moment. And I just went with it. And usually it correlated, or not usually, every time it's correlated with something I was physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever going through that I knew it was time to either change something or learn something that I could learn for myself, but also offer to my community. But I think I was always seeking. So whenever I knew that the thing would show up when it needed to. I really trust that. What is it called? The you seek for the teacher and the teacher appears, those kind of things. So they've always just shown up when I've needed it. So I guess one example is, and it's usually come when I've something's been off in my system. Like I had thrown my back out and I've gone really, really severe, severe, severe herniation and sciatic nerve issues down my leg. It was the beginning of many years of That's a much longer story for another time, but really severe. And I remember that it was that. And then I got really sick with like a, I don't know, maybe it was a flu or something. And I remember laying in bed thinking like, okay, you know, I can do work as a body worker, as a healer, but I have to have other skills that I can offer, but that also where I can keep learning and I can help my clients even more than I already do. And so it was because of my, I was down, I was in a down point. And I think that I, that's when I started, decided to go back to school for a holistic health coaching, and I had already been thinking about it for years. And then because I felt my own health on an edge and really going, I can't keep, doing what i'm doing i'm going to have to be able to offer whatever i offer from anywhere in the world i want to be able to be able to be anywhere and not have to always physically be with people because as much as i love being physically with people it can be draining i can't see as many clients in a day in person i can see some but not that can't fill my whole day of all in person i have to have somewhere i can be remote and in person I have just diverse diversity in my offerings and in my Ways that, and I wanted to find. I wanted to do something where I could, oh, again, continue learning always. So, I think I, I've been really sick, and I chose to go and do a training program. I, I and it was, I think, it was a birthday present to myself. And that's what every year I usually invest in something that's kind of an immersive experience for my birthday. So, I it was all at the same time. I was sick. It was my birthday, and I I signed up to do the holistic health training program. And again, but it was it was like I was in a compromised position. I had. This issue with my back—I couldn't move. I had—I was really sick. I mean, it was—I was just in a broken down kind of state and going, "All right, there's something more. I need more healing for myself." But I also know I want to be able to offer more to the people that I am so blessed to work with. And every every time I've enrolled in something, some modality, some training, other times it was—I mean, has been in a something, some version of that kind of a story. But that each time it's just appeared as I've been seeking and it just clicked it was like that moment just clicked everything else fell away it didn't matter that there were 12 other modalities i could have studied it was like the one just kind of went boom smack smack in front of my face and i went yep this is the one it, it didn't take as much as i can be indecisive about things those are the moments that there's no it just clicks like it's almost like flawless i'm in the zone something from some other realm comes and says this is for you and i go okay yes yeah, sign me up so I really love those moments in life with with people, with those kind of just divinely inspired connections that just click into gear and there's no question, just happens.
0: I love it. And I love the idea of what you mentioned that in those moments you just know you have zero hesitations. Cause I think a lot of us have sometimes this like paralysis of making a decision, making a choice. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So many choices constantly and you can do yeah. this and you can do that and how do you spend your day and what do you invest in? What do you study? But it so resonates like when it's right, when you see something that is meant to be yours, you just know it instantly, right?
1: Yes. Yes. The answer is no question. That's where the trust somehow just clicks right into gear.
0: And again, it doesn't mean I don't have
1: the same thing. I can get really too many decisions and too many choices. I can become, it's too much. And I don't even, there's no way I'll choose anything because it bombards my system. I don't have that kind of hypervigilance where I can just like laser in on the thing through a thousand. I, I can get into that paralysis also over analysis and all that. So, but when, so when, they, when they click though, it's an amazing feeling. You're like, oh, right. That's how it's supposed to feel. It just is. It just clicks.
0: Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And it leads me to my last question is practicing self-love as a healer. How do you do that? Do you have any tips for our listeners? What can people do to tune in better with themselves as a healer, with their self-worth?
1: One challenge in being a healer or practitioner is, is that of burnout. I mean, that, that can come in any profession, but the, the 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 desire to be of service, to give, sometimes to overgive, to not know when to say no, to just continue to to take on as many people as you can and squeeze it all into a day and all that, that is a dance I've had to learn about through many years. And if there's anything I knew, the, the biggest act of self-love and care is saying no and stopping and actually stepping back and taking a break or taking the trip that you keep thinking you shouldn't because you need to be available to all people all the time or that you you get full in a day and instead of going and doing one more thing you instead go and lay down for 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes like those things when you actually stop i have a friend who teaches about intuition and we both do but she has this saying around stop drop and roll Her name's which means you stop, you drop, like it's not, it's like for the fire, but you stop and you drop, like you drop in and you roll with listening to your own voice and your own messaging. And instead of continuing to go forward. So I think that stopping and giving yourself a rest, even when you feel your instinct says, no, no, just keep going, keep going is one of the most important ones.
0: I think that's a it's a great advice. I think burnout is definitely real, especially among healers. And the statistic you mentioned in the beginning of the call was just astonishing. That people yes. just don't last in this business, and you know that's why we're here. That's we right. We want to prolong it. We that's want right. to give as many tools and tips and tricks to this incredible community of healers as many as we can to help. Carry some burdens, whether it's business decisions and practices and advice, whether it's just kind of practical tips on how to stay grounded and how to um, really cultivate that self love. That will keep you going for many, many years, just like you did, Jessica, which is an incredible career. And, you know, we, we didn't get to touch a lot about that, but just the fact that we're working in New York and you're probably dealing with a lot of different energies and vibrations that are just so strong, especially in the city. So I think lasting so long, it just speaks to your strength and, and your power. And we're just very blessed to have you and your incredible advice here on the Hillers podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. There's it's such a it's just the tip of the iceberg of what it takes to create work as a healer and practitioner and marry it with what it means to have it as a business. The two like seem like they don't get together, but they totally do when we learn the the nuances and the ways to play with it and to enjoy it and to have fun with it and to also receive help and support in our businesses and and with our our healing there are more things i would recommend around self care self love valuing your worth that i would put into the mix but that first you have to be willing to stop and take breaks and really especially if you want to be successful and whatever, and knowing what success means to you, I think is also really important defining that. And then you have to define it at different points along the way and change your definition as you grow and evolve. And I love being able to be of service and to give back to people and to people's businesses and to refer and to the world. Like I really referring to others is um, a huge compliment. And I love mentoring people who are getting started and who want to create amazing practices, but also other healers and practitioners who need support and care. We, I love supporting each other. I think it's something that we really, really need.